turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 119 this morning, if you have that. I want to open some a word of prayer real quick, and then we're going to jump into the Word. God in heaven, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you um, that your words are true. And God, when you speak, it is our due diligence to listen to what you have to say. God, I just pray this morning as we look into your Word that you would open our eyes Open our hearts. God, I pray that you would speak through your word and teach us something maybe we didn't know. God, maybe teach us something we already knew. But show us again and again from your word that we ought to be dependent on you with all the things that we go through in this life and the next to come. God, I just pray this time that you just uh, free us from distraction. God, open our hearts. Open our eyes to your word. As David said in Psalms, open our eyes that we can behold wondrous things from your word this morning. God, we thank you for what you're going to do through this. God, I pray that you would speak through me. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're in Psalm 119 this morning. We're going to be brief, even though you see six uh, lines on your note-taking sheet this morning. Uh, I promise we're going to be brief. But we're going to look at Psalm 119, not all 176 verses, but just the first 16 uh, this morning. I want to focus on this thought, a wholehearted love for the Word of God. I um, was asked by Dan, probably four or five weeks ago, if I'd preach on this Sunday as he was going to be out of town, and I didn't know the time, and Bruce didn't know the time, that he was going to be speaking before me on Bible distribution in the, in the uh, ministry to the Philippines, and I would be preaching on the most famous verse on probably Scripture in the entire Bible. Um, and I thought that was just cool how God pairs those things together for us. He knows the needs of our hearts, and this was something on my heart uh, that I felt God was wanting me to share. As we think about this thought, a wholehearted love for God's Word. It sounds like an obvious statement, but I think we need to be reminded time and time again about God's Word. As we read through the Psalms, we see David's heart for God's Word, and oh, David loved God's Word. Though he was not short of any shortcomings, he had his sin, he had his trials and his problems, but let me tell you, David went back to God's Word time and time again. And as Christians, we're called to love God's Word For that very purpose, that these are the words from the mouth of God, inspired through God, through men, to teach them in their context at this time and to us today. And so I I hope that as we go through this, we'll see the importance and the desire, whether we have it or we don't have it, whether we're a Christian in the room that desires God's word, or maybe we're an unbeliever still seeking things out, I pray that we will see the value, not just of God's word, but our love for the very words of God. David obviously loved God's Word. We see David penned at least 73 of the 150 Psalms, maybe more, but 73 of them are clear. He's mentioned in First and Second Samuel. He's mentioned in Matthew and Luke, Acts, Romans, and Hebrews. As we look at Psalm 19, he's teaching, as you see these little words above each section in your Bible, he's teaching the Hebrews the alphabet, but he's teaching them the alphabet through Scripture. He's teaching them these things through God's very words. And so as we open up, I want to read a verse that's not from this psalm, a couple of verses from a different psalm, to show us God's heart and see, or show us David's heart in seeking God in the scriptures. Look at Psalm 63, 1 through 3 with me. It says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land, where there is no water, to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life, 
my lips shall praise thee. God calls us through his word to be attentive to his word, from reading it, to hearing it, to praying over it. You know, it's obvious and clear that uh, scripture, if you put any Google search in what the most popular book ever uh, purchased or ever maintained is, it's God's word. If you guys knew that or not. If you go through Google, there's one best-selling book, and it is Scripture alone, with five billion copies to this date. Yet, I would argue, it's probably the most underutilized, underread, most undisciplined habit to many. But that should not be that way. God has given us his word to teach us all things in this life. Just a few of those things. He teaches men how to be men, ladies how to be ladies, how to care for our spouses in marriage, how to value people as image bearers of God. That's a big one right there. He teaches us how to pray, how to read his word, how to give out of abundance and sacrifice to God, as well as serving him, learning how to treat our neighbors like the Samaritan story, how we are to parent as parents in the room, how we are to love Christ, and how one day we're going to worship God for all eternity, and we're practicing now on earth. I want to just understand this thought today. That there is not one factor, not one substitute that we can make this morning that's more influential to making us like the Son of God than the Spirit of God working through the Word of God in our lives. We need the Word of God. And God works through us as we study and read and we ask Him for help as David did in Scripture. John Blanchard in his book, How to Enjoy the Bible, writes this quote that I think is worthy of our attention. He says, surely we only have to be realistic and honest with ourselves on how regularly we need to turn to the Bible. How often do we face problems, temptations, and pressures? He says, every day. How often do we need instruction, guidance, and greater greater encouragement every single day? And to catch all these felt-up needs into a greater issue, how often do we need to see God's face, hear his voice, feel his touch, and know his power? He answers, every day. There's a quote from D.L. Moody that I think is valuable to us this morning. It says this. He says this. A man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain his life for a week. Just like that, we must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. So I ask this morning before we read the scriptures, Do we have a wholehearted love for God's word this morning? And as easy as it would be to say, of course I do. Let me ask you this question. What does your life prove to be true? What does your daily living prove to be true? Does it prove that we depend on God's word? That we lean into God's word? That we study God's word? Not just read it to check off a box, but dive deep because we want to know God. What does it show? Do we have a wholehearted love for God's word? I don't ask that this morning to belittle anyone for infrequent visits to Scripture, or do I bolster someone to make make them seem like they are the perfect person? No one's like them. But I want to encourage us that we need God's Word every day, through every moment, through making decisions. We need it at all times to draw closer to our Savior today. So my aim today is to stoke the fire of your soul for God's Word, and that I will leave here today with just a greater excitement over God's Word, because it is just that, His very words. Let's look at the first 16 verses this morning. You can stay seated. Of Psalm 119, and hear what David had, had penned through the inspiration of God's Spirit. He says this, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. 
Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with an uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of my mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes and not utterly and not forget thy word. I want to get six things this morning as mentioned. A wholehearted love for the word produces these things. A wholehearted love for the word produces these things. The first one I want to see is joy. You see that word blessed in verse 1 and 2. That word blessed literally means joy or happiness springing out of you. True joy is found in following God's word and keeping it. And keeping it. With their whole heart. I think that's important. As I was studying through here, I was trying to think of what made sense for a title. And I kept thinking of something of wholeheartedness. Because something David stresses time and time again is that it's with our whole heart. If we do this out of obligation or to check a box, we won't do it very long. But if we do it out of a full heart because of God's love for us, we can be faithful at it. And are we experiencing joy this morning because of our diving into Scripture daily? You know, Dan said a few weeks ago in his message on Romans 12, half-hearted commitment always leads to failure. And I agree with that. Because half-heartedness won't delight in what we're doing, but it will come to an end. But as we dive in the Scriptures and we read about our God and we see what He's done for us and the grace that He gives to us, undeserving on our account, He continues to show us more and more of Himself. And joyful Christians are truly found in God's Word. As we think about these things, as things happen in our world and, and things that shouldn't happen in our world happen and sin, sinfulness preva- uh, prevails more and more, those that are in God's word won't be falling apart because they have the very promises of a very sovereign God in control of everything in this universe. And so as we think about a wholehearted love for God's word, we think of the joy that he gives us. Think about when you face a difficult time and you, and you lean on scripture and you think, where can I go? Where can I go to find that God is caring and taking care of every one of my needs? We think of Matthew Chapter 6, right? Where God cares for the lilies of the field and he cares um, uh, for the birds of the air. And does he not care much more for you? Does he not take care of your needs? I love how he wraps up that passage. He says, the Father knows all that we have need of. He takes care of everything that we have need of. Through every trial, through every sickness, through every struggle, through everything in life, God can give us joy through his word. I've never heard of anyone it's ever so I have regrets from following God. Only joy. So are you overflowing with joy this morning because of what God is doing through your life through his word? I told you that'd be quick. Number, number two, diligence. Diligence this morning. Look at verse three through six. That they do no iniquity, they walk in his ways, and now has commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. It's a careful effort, understanding what God has called us to, what he expects from us, and what he has graced us with. He's given us commands, and he's given us truths, and we would do well abiding by them. When we walk in God's way and his desires, we can follow God's law, his, his word, more closely. 
and we'll find ourselves sinning less because it's kind of hard to walk with God and find yourself in sin at the same moment. God wants us to follow him carefully. And oftentimes, when we find ourselves in sin, it's because we are depending on ourselves to do only what God's Spirit can do through his word in our lives. And so keeping diligently to God's word. An obvious statement that David makes, but I think it's one to think about. He says um, in verse number, I think it's five, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. He has given us his word to be kept, to be focused on, to be reminded of, to be visited often, so we can be diligent in following his ways. And so do we. Do we this morning follow God's ways? His rules and his commands bring about diligence in our lives when we follow them. And he says this phrase, I think it's interesting, in verse number six, Then I shall not be ashamed. I will not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. When I know God's word and follow it, I won't be ashamed. You know, I think, I think why he says that is because when we find ourselves in sin, and when I say that, I mean purposely giving in the sin, or stumbling into sin again, it brings about shame in our lives. Would you agree? It brings about this, this cloudiness of our lives, which is just frustrating because of what I've done against a holy God. I've sinned against God again, and it causes us to be shamed. But when I know what the scriptures say, and I pursue to know more and more about what God loves and what God's completely against, I will hold God to the highest standard he deserves and pursue him in the most obedient way I can by depending on his spirit. We understand through his word that everything that's ever come out of the mouth of God is worthy of our attention and our focus. And so are we diligent in following God's word in dependence on God's spirit? How are we doing in this category? The third thing I want to look through this morning is this word praise. Praise, verse 7 and 8. I will praise thee with an uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Seeing God's righteous rules and commandments bring us to praise God. They bring us to praise God. You know, oftentimes um, non-believers will look onto Christians' lives and think, what? They are weird. They are odd. Why do they not do these things? And why do they do these things? Like the fact that we would set aside a Sunday morning to do this is kind of strange. The fact that we'd give 10% of our income to a church, is, to God, is strange. But guess what? God has called us to these things, and his rules, his righteous leading bring us to praise him because God knows what is best for us. We ought not be ashamed of living after God's commands, but instead we do what we do out of love for our God. We do what we do. We praise God because of what he does for us. And we praise God because we know he has the perfect heart for us. We praise God because he knows what we have need of and what we do not need. As I think of rules, um, when you think about rules in our lives, I think it's like, in my, in my experience, there's like three kinds of people when it comes to rules, right? There's like the rule keepers, right? Like people see rules and are like, I'm not breaking those. I'm going to abide perfectly. Then I, um, I work with teenagers, as you know. Um, so I know the second category is rule breakers, okay? And um, there's like, how can I break every rule on the list, okay? Uh, there's those people. And then there's this third category, and I don't know if I'm making this up, or if I'm wrong, tell me later, not now. Um, there's the people, I don't know, I don't have, a, I don't have a, a one word term for them, but there's people who will follow a rule if it's justifiable in their mind. If they get it and they go, okay, that's a good idea, I'll do that. And then there's people that go, yeah, that's not a good one, I'm going to break it, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to follow it. When I think about rules, I think, I, I think through those three kinds of approaches to them, 
And I think of rules, I think about my teen years, okay? Um, through my teenage years, uh, my parents had rules, right? And these aren't necessarily ideas, they aren't bad ones, but these are ones my parents gave. Uh, one thing we had to do when we were teenagers uh, was put our phones in our parents' room at night. When bedtime came, we had to plug our chargers into our parents' wall and leave our phones in there. And that rule stunk, you know? I did not like that, but I get it now. I get it now. We, we get those rules, right? I think of a curfew, right? Having to be home by a certain time. I think I was one of two friends in my entire life that had a curfew. But guess what? I look at those things and I go, ah, I get it now. I get it because I understand my parents' heart in those rules and for me to follow them. And so in the same, a very similar way, David says, when we see God's rules, we see his heart behind them, and we see if we follow those rules, that he has much for us. He cares for us. He is watching over us. And it brings us to praise God, understanding who he is and what he has for us. As we think about the New Testament, we think about God does all things for our good and for his glory, ultimately. He understands, David understands his inability in verse number 8. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. He understands his ability that he cannot follow God's word without the Spirit of God leading him. He can't do these things on his own. And he says, so if God were to abandon me, I would be a lost cause. I would have no hope. They are unable to be kept in his strength. He needs someone stronger, the Spirit of God, to work through him to keep these rules. So if you don't, don't catch from, from me this morning that if you just do these things on your own, you will, no, 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 no. I'm saying in obedience to God's word, pursuing God, leaning into the Spirit of God to help us follow God's word. Because it's God who guides. It's God who teaches us. He brings us to an understanding of his word. And by his power, he keeps us close to his word. So this morning, do God's righteous rules bring you to praise his name today, knowing his heart for you today? Let's look at our fourth, our fourth thing this morning. Our fourth thing this morning is obedience. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to thy word. How can a young man keep pure? How can a young man avoid impurities? David answers, by guarding himself by the word, by being fully immersed in the word. I love how in Psalm 119, uh, throughout Scripture, we see it's oftentimes in the Psalms too, where there'll be a question asked, and then you read a little bit farther, and you see the answer given, or a, a solution given. I love in verse 37 of the Psalm 119, where it says, Turn mine eyes away from beholding vanity, and quicken me in, in, my, in thou way, in your way. Another version puts it like this, uh, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. And give me life in your ways. I think it's an interesting thought to think about those things because impure desires, impure things bring us pleasure and momentary satisfaction, but they do not bring us sustaining life. They bring discouragement. But David points to where life does come from. Give me life in your ways. And so we see a practical example where he says, how can someone avoid a sin? How can someone stop running their mouth? How can someone stay pure by the word? He's prescribing us the all-giving answer to every question we have in life to the Word. Go to the Word. How can a young man keep from, to the Word? Because it's God's Word that we are depending on. And it's God's Word that will never fade away. This helps us guard our mouths from offending or insulting by Word. This keeps our thoughts captive by Christ, or to Christ by the Word as we focus on Him. This helps the guy in James that's a double-minded man that's floating back and forth between two things become single-minded as he focuses on Christ. And Christians this morning, just a, re just a reminder to us, to myself, I'm saying this back to myself, 
that our obedience is one of our proofs of our salvation, that we follow God's words, that we follow God's words. I had a conversation recently with my brother about a friend that he had that was struggling that now reads God's word as God's word, but some things he kind of discounts out. He kind of just, ah, nah, I don't believe that. Let me just tell you, that's not what we're called to. <laughs> that's not what a Christian is. When we are to follow his word, it's every word. It's every period. It's every dot and every punctuation mark. It's, it's God's word for us. And if God has saved you unto himself, everything is because of him, happens through him, and is to be done unto him for his glory alone. And so as we come to his word, we find truth, we find answers, we find life, as he prescribes. One of the most magnificent things I can think of is, off the top of my head, is to see a person outside of, outside of Christ, lost, not a Christian, who once maybe boasted in their sin, maybe even encouraged other people to take part in their sin, once reject the idea of God's righteousness, to see that person come to know Christ, and to see them saved and follow in obedience to God's commands. Because it's only through the power of God that such obedience can occur. But it occurs often because Christ has given us everything we need in this life and the next in his word today. And his word is transformative, and it changes us into the image of Christ, which he's calling all Christians to one day come, come to that knowledge and understanding. And so, obedience. Are we following God's commands? And one of the commands here is, how do you keep pure? Come to his word. How do you keep others' names out of your mouth and gossip? By the word. How do you keep, you understand that God's word is the answer to everything and finding him in his word. Number five this morning. I want to look at uh, nearness. Nearness or closeness. Verse 10 and 11 in Psalm 119 say this. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. You ever prayed, God, don't let me wander? God, don't let me stray? David's pleading, don't let me wander from these things. These things are wonderful. These are great for me. This is what I need. Don't let me wander from these things. You ever prayed that before? Asking God for his help, his dependence? James put it like this, draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. James is teaching us a very similar thought. Seek God with your whole heart. If you find your life to be unstable in one way or another, it might be because you're not wholeheartedly seeking God. Wholeheartedly seeking God is not just when the rain falls and things aren't going too hot. It's when everything is going well. He is still wanting to pursue you and you to pursue him. That's the one, number one way. One of the ways, number one ways we seek God is through his word. Pursuing God through the scriptures. Thinking through his word. I, li- I always like to hear when I talk to people that maybe don't believe or they're they give me their form of spirituality, is they'll say, well, I meditate. And I'm always like, what do you meditate on? Because that's what matters, right? I meditate. If you're, going, if you're doing the, um, you know, that's not, that's, that's not like progressing. You're not learning anything about God, you know? And oftentimes that's the response. But that's called daydreaming, you know? Meditating is taking a thought, and it's focusing in on that thought, and it's thinking on that thought. As we meditate on God's word, let us take away from our reading and think about that thing throughout the day and to teach us more and more and more about who God is and experience that intimacy with God. You might be saying, why are you beating? This seems like you're being a dead horse. Well, a few weeks ago, Dan shared some statistics, and I know those, you can take those as serious as you want, but they are somewhat telling of a culture that does not read God's word. 
It teaches us something about what people cling to. And to see those things are saddening. And I read a quote recently that I think could be under, helpful. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. R.C. Sproul says the number one reason that we don't study Scripture is not even because it's boring or dull to people or even difficult to understand, but it's because it's work and we're lazy. We've got to dive in. We have to put effort towards God's Word to see what He has for us. And in doing so, David says, don't let me wander. Don't let me stray. Let me stay close. I'm seeking you with my whole heart. Don't let me fall away. Is that our heart this morning? Do we want to be close to God? Like, do we want to experience intimacy with God through a relationship with him? God, strengthen me in weak moments. Give me a greater love for your word. Give me a greater distaste for sin and evil. Help me cling to your word. And look at verse 11. 11 is the verse that probably all of you mouthed while I read it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's like the number one children's memory verse of all time. Everybody, every, every kid already knows that. When we do those verses downstairs in kids' ministry, every kid's like, oh, I already know this one. You know, like they're ready to go. Why do we teach that to our children? Because we want them to value and treasure God's word. And so when they're tempted to sin, they understand that it's not just a small offense, but it's a grave and massive offense towards a holy God because we understand the gravity of that sin of those things that we're, we're not just doing an action that offends a parent. We're doing an action that offends a holy God. And that that thing is to be uh, understood of its weight. And that will cling to God. I have hid. I have stored up your word. It has been read. It's been heard. It's been committed to my heart and to my life. That I might not sin against you. Jesus died because of our sin. But more importantly, he died for our sin. So that we wouldn't sin but find more pleasure in him. In Christ. I love Hebrews chapter 11. I was reading this today. And Moses, it talks about the, the heroes of the faith, those that have gone before us, those that we, we read of, uh, of great, um, they were used great by God. Hebrews 11, 24, 26 says this, by faith Moses, when he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the, the pleasures of sin. For a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the riches or the, than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses chose not to take the easy way, but he took, he took the holy way. He took God's path. He took what was greater for him. Christ's riches were greater than the riches of Egypt. He understood the weight of sin. Nearness to God is of great importance. This is how we live a life pleasing unto God. It's how we become more like Christ. We face temptation. We need a stockpile of scripture to help us overcome those temptations and not give in when tempted to be obedient to our God. So we pray, God, help me know your word because I love you and I want to desire what you desire. I want to be opposed to what you are opposed to in seeking you. So are you experiencing nearness this morning? Are you experiencing an intimate relationship with God? Do you feel like you're gleaning from what God has said and done in his word? Are you seeing how he's growing you from his word? Are you seeing these things in your life? Don't wander from the Lord's commands and teachings, but he says, draw near. Treasure the word. Find pleasure in Christ, not in the sins that our flesh would desire us, but give in to God. So are we drawing near to Christ today, or is sin keeping you distant from him? Our last point this morning I want to focus on is this word delight. Delight. Verse 12 and 13 say this, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. 
With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of my mouth. Verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy word. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. One thing I want to notice from this passage here, this, these verses here, verse 12 starts with that blessed again, like verse 1 and 2. But as I was thinking about this verse and thinking about the meaning of the blessed in the first two verses, it says, you know, joyful, blessed, happy are they who keep his testimonies. But that doesn't make sense here. Happy art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. It's because that word blessed is a different Hebrew word. It's a, it's, a, it's a term of bowing down, understanding where the blessing comes from. It's a position of adoration from David's heart, understanding who is giving out the blessings here. And what is, he says here is, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me, instruct me, help me understand your word. Teach me what I don't know. Teaching God's word. God, teach me. This is the, this is the spirit we must strive to keep in God's word, that we don't become a know-it-all. If I could think of, maybe you, maybe you have someone in your life, maybe it's a grandparent, great-grandparent, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's somebody else, I don't know, maybe it's a friend. Maybe they have a phrase they tell you a lot, and those things can like ring in your ears at any given time of the day. Well, growing up, my dad's, one of my dad's go-tos, and I hear this often in my mind, I don't know where it comes from, uh, it's just so deep in there, um, is my dad said this phrase growing up, be teachable, be teachable. Be teachable. And drove me crazy. I mean, as a kid, I got it, Dad. Be teachable. Okay, I didn't even know that word meant when he was telling us it at first, you know. Like, and he's told us this throughout our lives. Stay teachable. Be teachable. We were playing sports, whether we were in church, whether we were in college, wherever it was. That was his go-to phrase. Be teachable. And as I think about that phrase, I think there's great value in that. Because not only does God's word say, teach me, but keep teaching me. I don't arrive. Keep teaching me. One thing about God's word is you, you, you can go to the same passage time and time again, maybe a month apart, maybe a week apart, maybe a day apart, and you keep drawing more knowledge from God. You keep understanding more of what he's trying to get across. So stay teachable. Verse 13, with my lips have I declared all thy judgments of my mouth, of thy mouth. I understand, I hear, I will declare, I will rehearse, rehearse, rehearse again. I will recount time and time again what you are saying, God. I will come back to your word keeping a desire to know what God says and continue to crave the truth from his word. Verse 20, below uh, in chapter 119, he says, My soul breaks for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments all day long. That literally means my soul is consumed with longing. At all times, I want to know your truth. David shares his heart again with us. And as we look at the last few verses here, I want to see it as much uh, again and again. He says, I have rejoiced, in verse 14, in the way of thy testimonies, as in all riches. I delight in your word. I love your words as the greatest riches that this life could bring me. I will meditate. I will delight myself. Isaiah says it like this. You are a well of salvation that, can, that never runs dry, continues to give out, continues to pour over, continues to supply the need. I will pay attention to you. I will be consumed with your word. And he says, lastly, I will not forget thy word. I will not ignore your word. I think sometimes we, we like scripture, we love scripture, we're reading it, but then we neglect it in, in moments and in times in our life. But God's calling us through David's words here, but I will not ignore. I will not forget. I will keep coming back to, don't let me wonder, I'll keep coming back to your word and keep teaching me. Let me meditate. 
Let me delight in it. Give me the passion to do so. He says, two I wills here. I will meditate and I will delight. And I will ask today, will we, will we meditate, will we delight in his word? This word, delight, this comes, not the word itself, but it comes from a heart that's been transformed by the gospel in salvation. That we can delight in God. Because when Christ opens our eyes to the word, it's like mining for gold. And no matter how many times we try to draw from the same spot, the same page, we continue to come up with more and more treasure. When we find ourselves faithfully pursuing God through his word, he continues to teach us. He continues to show us more and more great and mighty things that he is doing and has done. Delight is what the word of God produces in our lives as we dive deep and depend on his spirit. So I'm asked this morning, are we finding delight in God's word today? I would guarantee if you, if you pray to God and ask him to, to give you greater delight, to help you be more joyful, be more passionate about his word, I would guarantee you tomorrow morning you wake up and you open the scriptures and you ask God to show you something that he will. And he will show you something through his word. And he will teach you something of great value in his word. Are you finding delight in God's word today? As we close, um, I want to think through three questions and then a few thoughts and then one verse. <laughs> That's how we close all those things. Three, ver- three questions. Today, do you have a wholehearted love for God's word this morning? Do you have a wholehearted love for God's word this morning? That could be either an obvious question, like, of course I do. But if that's our attitude, then we're not really thinking through, like, do I truly? Like, let me pursue you, God. The second thing, was, does what David declares resonate with us this morning? Is that our heart for Scripture? I'm going to seek you early, God. I'm going to seek you earnestly. I want to keep your statutes. Don't let me sin. I'm hiding your word. I'm storing your word in my heart. I won't be ashamed when I know your, your statutes because I'm following them. I'll be obedient to them. I'm going to seek you with my whole heart. Let me not wonder. Let me continue to delight and meditate in your word this morning. And then third question, have you been neglecting the scriptures? And with that follow-up, will you get back into the scriptures? Because God has much for us through his word. My hope and my desire is to see myself and others crave scripture because it's God's way of showing us who he is. It's God's way of teaching us his ways. It's God's way of leading us to be more like Christ. And you will not naturally become more like Christ without his spirit and his word in that relationship. Something I've been doing for some time is trying to, before I even read scripture, and this is not, uh, everybody has to do this for all, you're, you're, the wrong, you're a bad Christian, you know. This isn't that, this is, a, this is what I do. This verse 18 has become very real to me in Psalm 119. And every time I open God's word, it just, it just now it's become so habitual that I try not to make it less important because I keep doing it over and over again. But I pray that God will open my eyes to behold wondrous things from his word. And the reason I do that is because it helps me focus my heart on what God has said and to not let me just say, oh, this is a familiar passage. Oh, I've read Philippians 8,000 times. You know, like a familiar passage can come to life. And so open my eyes, God, that I can behold, behold wondrous things from your law. So let's ask today, God, open our eyes that we'll see great things from your word. Teach us, make us, mold us to be like you. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you for your deep, deep love for us this morning. God, I pray this morning, if there's anyone in this room that does not know you, God, there will, there will not be a love for your word until there's an understanding of who you are. 
God, I pray that there's anybody in the room that does not know you, has not come to a saving knowledge that Jesus, you came, you were born as a baby. You were perfect in every way. God, that you followed through everything that the Father had uh, for you. God, we understand that Jesus lived in perfection. He died on the cross, not being a sinner, but taking the weight of our sin, taking our sin with us on the cross, dying a brutal death, but not staying dead, but rising again the third day, overcoming those sins and death, that God, that our relationship with him, our trust in him, our belief in following in him, we can have that payment on our behalf and experience Christ now and forever. God, I pray that anybody here has not experienced that relationship that Jesus offers through his word, through his death and burial and resurrection, that through that we can understand that he has great love for us. If anybody has not experienced that relationship with God, I pray today would be that day they would come and ask us, ask somebody in the room, hey, show me what that's about. And God, I pray today that if there's someone, another group of people in the room that have been struggling to stay in your word, God, that you would use the word of God in their life in a huge way and show them great riches from you. God, I pray that you help us all to be, have a wholehearted love for your word. God, I pray that we'd all pray the same things. Let me not wander from thy commandments, but God, let me stay close to you. Let me seek you with a whole heart. God, I just pray that you would help us be with our sanctification, be with the edification of this message. I pray that it would be helpful, not just to myself, but to others. God, I pray that you'd help us as we sing a closing song and uh, spend some time fellowshipping and then bring us back here again tonight.